Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton, your local leader in post-game Oilers analysis. In this episode, it's fueled by Temperance Spirits, the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated section of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits online shop, ordering your favorite non-alcoholic bevies right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal. You can find our partners at Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com for delivery to your door. And use the code SDPN for 10% off your order at checkout. And give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Temperance Spirits. Oh, Dennis, can I say it? Can I say it? Are we Do back? It. Are we back? Ah, Dennis, I'm not ready to declare it yet. We're made, so back after I, next I game. I <laughs> made the mistake of declaring us back after Seattle. I will not be fooled. However, the signs in this game, the plays that the Oilers were making, so different from the Seattle game. Like, that was a Kane, a lucky Kane hat trick, whatever, to get you to overtime and eventually win it. This game, this was vintage. This was vintage stuff. Five points for McDavid, nine points in his last two games. The one-timer on the power play from Leon Dreisaitl actually worked. Yet Bouchard chipping in. Ekholm had a goal. Kane looked like a monster. This was, I, and I and I get that the Ducks are the Ducks, but also this year the Ducks. I mean, up until the last six games, have not been the Ducks. Like they were in the second and They've final been, wild card spot. Yeah. Like, well, here's the surprising thing too, right? we've had all these struggles. We've gone through the issues of, okay, is McDavid hurt? I still think he's a little hurt, but he's definitely coming oh. back. And he's he's turned that dial to 11. He's 100% given it his all. There's still some signs. I mean, we can get to the issue in the third when he kind of back skated into Gibson. That's a weird one there. Yeah. But he's doing so so much better and he's gone back to vintage mcdavid style like you mentioned the mcdavid dry saddle connection's been back in the last little while i know you want to jump in and last point nurse darnell nurse what a game hey what an incredible game from him as well uh obviously he got unshackled from cc in the first period so maybe we'll talk about that in a little later (laughs) but Let's get to what you want to talk about. Well, the Darnell, I can start with Darnell Nurse because it's it's a, it's actually a little funny. He was outshot by the Ducks when he was on the ice, nine to fifteen. However, the Oilers outchanced in terms of high danger chances, outchanced the Ducks seven to four. Now, I saw up until the second period, the Oilers only had like one point six expected goals on like however many shots, but they were getting breakaways, odd man, like significant tons of tons of high danger chances so it's a little odd and that's i saw i think it was austin make the point on twitter just like you know that's still the problem with the models and we look and we rely on these stats to tell us oh the Oilers have been dominating the first 13 games and getting unlucky and then tonight when they explode for that many goals that it it looks like they they got lucky again uh i see just want to say before we jump into everything else what's up to like mgd travis swoosh mike David W, Wise Kyle, everyone back in the chat joining us. I think we got almost 40 people right now. So, yeah, let's keep pumping those numbers up. Hit like if you haven't already. We appreciate you joining us on a rare, non-depressing night this season for Dennis and I. Because every night it seems like we're just talking about how it's over. And, you know, funny enough, two games later. Again, and we can get into this and we're going to get into the game right away. But I just want to start off by saying 
I am not ready to declare the Edmonton Oilers back yet. I'm on the verge. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can feel it coming out of my mouth. But they got to be Vegas. Here's the thing, right? Two wins in a row, and you suddenly start feeling the momentum. Again, next one against Vegas, that's the big test. If you can win against Vegas, and Vegas has been starting to come back down to earth, right? They're not having a great stretch. (laughs) The crossing. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be a really good game. And the Oilers have to build on this upcoming homestand. Minus one game in Winnipeg, which is weird. Like, What's going on there, NHL schedule makers? Uh, other than that, like we have eight eight games at home or something like that. Ridiculous. Some good teams are going to be coming to town. Like Carolina is going to be coming to town. Um, obviously, Minnesota. We have always had difficulty against them. But this is a great opportunity. You're going to be well-rested. You're going to be in your own beds. If you can pick up a couple of points here, who knows? The Oilers could be back into a, a contending spot. And, and I mean, this was the team that for the last, you know, up to this week was holding that final wildcard spot. Like Seattle is under 500 in that final wildcard spot. As garbage as the Oilers have been, and again, we're going to jump into the game in, in a couple seconds here, but as garbage as the Oilers have been, they the final wildcard team is under 500. They're eight, nine, and two or whatever Seattle is, right? Like it's there for the taking to get into the playoffs and, and we'll get into the goaltending conversation. Well, I, I'm, let's leave this here, jump into the game. We can kind of get back onto the, you know, the, the bigger picture stuff after, but man, it started out pretty rough. Like, like I was scared that we got that burst, that PDO regression in Washington. And then we were right back to the 23, 24 flat on your face Oilers this year, because the first goal comes McDavid kind of gets rubbed out by Gudis right on the rush the other way. And it wasn't the, you know, it was a, it was an all right goal. It, it was a lateral speaking. I would have had to move lateral. It was not tracking the puck. Well, early at all, Max Jones gets his third of the season on Stuart Skinner on a two on one. And it, and it was what the first shot of the game or Anaheim was actually that Edmonton four to one at that point, something like that. Like it was not a good start. No. And early on, like Skinner was showing a lot of signs of confidence issues or something like that he's not holding on to pucks like there were a couple shots that went right into the crest and he just could not hold on to them had to scramble and put a glove on the puck that was dropped uh, i don't i don't understand what happened well, yeah, in the game that shutout. suddenly triggered after a shutout yeah it, like, an amazing like, performance where did it where it, 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 he came into the game and it, it was it wasn't like he became shaky after a bad goal like from the start just could not hold on to the puck at one point, kind of when it was 2-2, right, the, or the Ducks, or when it was 2-1 for the Ducks, they hit yep. the shot off the post, hit Skinner in the back, it's lying there in the crease. Every shot, it felt like, was seconds so away from close. going in. And the Oilers were the team getting lucky. They were getting yeah. the bounces to keep themselves uh, in the game. But, you know, right after the Ducks score, Evander Kane, Connor Brown, finally, not we don't have the Toby Reader curse, gets his first point as an Edmonton Oiler. Evander Kane stays hot one timer. What a pass from Dry Settle in the neutral zone. The neutral zone play tonight, I think, was one of the bigger changes, right? Something you and were talking about. One of the big changes in the neutral zone. And on that goal, I want to comment on the fact that that was an excellent D zone entry denial by Bouchard. Quick little pass out to Eckholm, and Eckholm found Dry Settle. Dry Settle found it was just a beautiful, like all five players touched the puck and contributed on that play on the Kane one timer goal. And yeah, like Kane is red hot, like he has oh. been so hot. He had 10 hits tonight. I know they were making a joke 
tonight on the for the record <laughs> going for the record but he he was a buzzsaw and he has been a buzzsaw in the last little bit one of the few bright points before you know the rest of the top six kind of came back to life well you think about how bad he was for the first you know three four games right and then just to see him be for a long portion of time especially when mcdavid and dry saddle were you know broken uh <laughs> he was the best player on the oilers for a while and watching them get back up to speed and watching Evander Kane maintain the level of play that he's playing at is awesome to see. Like he's showing no signs of slowing down. Like I think over the course of his career, he is a streaky player. You know, he'll right. definitely score in bunches, but 10 goals so far already into the season, him and Hyman have been carrying the load offensively. Uh, they've both been awesome, but yeah, just to jump back into the game here um, that right after that, right after that beautiful play by the Oilers, you, you think that, okay, the Oilers got their goal. They're back into it, but this was a bad one, man. This oh. was a bad one. This is like this goal to me. It obviously like we can sit here and say it's a microcosm of the Oilers season, like just, you know, decent play. They well defended by DeHarnay in the slot. Like he did everything he possibly could on like Max draped Jones. All over him. And he just turns around, gets a weak shot, slides on the ice, very slow, right under Skinner. He was not tracking the puck well at all. And that is the goal. It really can like the play in this first period really concerns me. It's one thing against Anaheim. Again, there's still five games under 500. And this is, you know, we got a long ways to go before we talk about the playoffs. But can you ever declare a team back with the goaltending tandem of Pickard and Skinner or Campbell and Pickard or Campbell and Skinner, whatever? It's so hard to. And like goaltending is always this like magic position, right? And they, the saying goes, if you have goaltending, it's 60% of the, the game. If you don't have goaltending, it's 100% of the game. Like none, none of that is more true than when you look at this Edmonton team last year going, given the Stanley Cup champion, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, a huge run for their money in the playoffs, the biggest challenge in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden this year just an incredible slide in the beginning just probably the the most unexpected start of any team in the nhl right and so much of it lied on goaltending now we can talk about campbell as well later on if you wanted to bring bring up that issue he's started to have a bit of a resurgence in the ahl plus he's brought Mm in um manny legacy as a bit of a mentor which is weird it's hard to it's Hard to imagine a dude that's just like, hey, you just got time to come chat with me? We we've seen a hundred like okay, we haven't we've seen Campbell be an oiler for around a hundred games on the bench or on the ice. We've seen two he literally after putting up like a eight hundred save percentage in three straight games. I'm not going off this sample size. I'm going to focus on the sample size he is in Edmonton. There is nothing. He, he could go 10 straight shutouts. I do not <laughs> care. I I never want to see him start a game for the Edmonton Oilers again. I it, it, If, you know, they do continue and they are able to outscore their problems, their goaltending problems for the time being here until they can facilitate some sort of move. Um it's it, it, it you just can't go back to them. you can't it's got to be someone who's not in the organization right now if they ever plan even down the road next season plan on making any noise but kind of the goaltending issues on that goal are kind of where all the negatives end tonight there wasn't really much yeah. because right after that well there, there was the, one the, there was the post one yes. and then there was the the weird one where he kind of dropped a shot that he he got in his crest but Beyond all that. <laughs> yes. He was bad for the first 15 minutes. We get, yes, absolutely. Got lucky. But after that, on the Oilers' side, 
three on one. Dry settles there. I believe it was Bouchard. McDavid never looks at the net. Absolutely vintage. Snaps it far side. Never the goal. Dostal never sees it coming. His confidence is shook. Absolutely shook. And what were the Oilers behind for like a minute and a half? Not even. Like the Oilers kept getting got it right back both times. This. Like, you could just, you could feel. Big David feels different. He's skating different. The moves he's making, the cuts to the middle when they're cycling in the offensive zone. We did not see that for the first 14 games. Not even close. Like, everything in the offensive zone looks like McDavid. The, he was taking the shots on the power play tonight that he didn't take in the first 14 games. I honestly believe because he couldn't shoot the puck. Yeah, like if you saw that sort of play, the three on one going the other way, great breakout by by Nurse. If you looked at that play in the first like 15 games of the season, it would have just been completely off the net, all the danger averted. That play in this game, so, so vintage McDavid. Again, that just no look snipe. It's, It's so back. And Again, I, I said it at the top of the show. I still think McDavid is nursing something there, but he's definitely got his hands back, his skating's back. I, I think he's pretty much on the cusp of being fully Connor McDavid. I, I think he is fully Connor McDavid. I, I do agree with you, though. I, I don't think he is fully 100% yet. I think it's going to take a lot of time, but we're just starting to see the luck turn. We're just starting to see these pucks go in the net, these chances that they were getting earlier, you know, whether it, whether it's something insanely unlucky, it would flip over the net, off Hyman's back, off all over a trip over a broken stick, like all of these plays, they're kind of, they've evaporated in the last two games and it's awesome to see, like we got to hope it continues. They got to take it one game at a time because right after this, and, and again, you need your best players to play well. You need Darnell Nurse specifically. He's your boat anchor. Well, he's, I don't want to call him an anchor. He's the guy, <laughs> man, he's your anchor on the back end. Not He's the, the anchor in like play. the running sense, yes. not in the boat sense. Although sometimes yeah. in the boat sense, but exactly. trying to say tonight, in the running sense. Tonight was a positive Darnell Nurse anchor game. He was awesome. That pass he made on the 3-2 goal, the Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the breakaway, another vintage Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal. Probably one of the best passes of Darnell Nurse's career. It was a beautiful through everyone on the ice, right to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. No mistake. It was three goals on four shots at that point. And you look at the low blocker target on Nuge, right? That's his bread and butter. That like weird zone right above the pad, but just a little bit too awkward on the blocker or glove side. Nuge loves that zone. It's, it's amazing to see uh, the nurse pass on both of those goals. Amazing. And then McDavid and Nuge, they're scoring. It's it's coming back. Like we've talked in the past about PDO, PDO. Like it's finally starting to regress. And when when this team is able to score and still like you could be a little bit, you know, weak defensively and outscore your problems, that's Edmonton. If they play defensively and they're scoring, you're screwed. If they if they're not great defensively, but they're still scoring. You're screwed anyway. That's the Edmonton Oilers type of hockey. Uh, it's it's so good to see it back, but you're right. We have a long way to go. I mean, who would have thought that this would be the position that we're coming from? But tonight's a great night because on the, if you look at the score sheet, we've talked about McDavid. We've talked about Nuge. Later on, we're going to get more into it, but 
you have other producers outside of the top six as well. You got a Hamblin goal. You got uh, an Ekholm goal. Like that is great to see. Let's keep going down the list. Um, well, yeah. Right I, after that was the Ekholm disallowed goal, right? Oh. He gets the feed from Kane. And because of the snow in the air, you can't make out the angle because the NHL shoots everything on their Blackberry bowls. I can't understand why this league doesn't implement any sort of like eagle eye technology. Tennis has been doing it forever. Soccer put it in and now, it, you know what? The game's great. You got VAR there's, reviews. It's hype. There's trackers in the pucks. Like they like, already exists. Why are we using these horrendous camera systems where it's just like, you know what? We don't have a good angle. It's not definitive. Let's just keep playing. Like, I don't understand. You can track how fast people are going, where the puck is, how hard they're shooting it, but you can't tell me if it crossed the line or not. What? How? That makes no sense. That was a goal as far as I'm concerned. They called it no goal. Of course, the NHL has like three bootleg 720p cameras installed somewhere in the rink, so they can't make it out. And it's funny, you could hear on the broadcast, oh, well, the NHL has different angles than we see. And they would show, they probably showed the angle over the ref's shoulder like four times, and they were only using the angle we saw on the broadcast. So I don't (laughs) know what they were talking about. I swear that's a made-up thing. The NHL, oh, we have them. You're just not allowed to see them. No one is allowed to see them. We're never going to show you, but trust us, there's more angles. That's how we make our suspension decisions. It's based on stuff that you can't see, you won't see, you'll never know about, but we know about and we're getting it right because we have the best refs in the world. The best refs in the world. They, They never have any error in judgment. Just let them do their job. We don't need all this newfangled technology. Like, yeah, absolutely. It boggles the mind. Uh, it makes no sense. But right after that Ekholm play, the Ducks had a two-on-one. And this is kind of what they attributed Skinner's play to after. I, I, I can't remember who it was. I believe it was Troy Terry. He takes a shot. Skinner, he goes with Skinner's love, makes an ease and save. Uh, and up until that point, he was kind of getting out-assed by Lucas yeah. Dostal. Like, <laughs> one of the few games where the Oilers did not have the worst goalie. But uh, yeah, after that point, Skinner kind of cleaned it up. There wasn't there was a, a significant better amount of rebound control. Uh, they looked a lot better. Uh, and then you know, slightly after that, this was another beautiful goal. Connor McDavid, what we talk about when he makes moves to the inside stuff we didn't see, and the passes that weren't connecting for the past fourteen games. You know, obviously outside of Washington, all of a sudden he was hitting them left and right yeah. the last two games. Like every pass he's made is connecting. This is McDavid. And it's it's a combination, right? It's the skating plus the hands. That's what makes McDavid so mm-hmm. deadly. Of course, hockey IQ and all that too. But he has the ability to just open up this ice and that feed over to Hyman on his one-timer goal. That was Dreisaitl-esque, right? Yep. Beautiful. Incredibly no doubter. Low. Just no doubter. It, it was a beautiful goal mcdavid drives that play and this is where you always heard in the past anyone can play on mcdavid's wing anyone can get you know 20 points uh, like with mcdavid no you have to have guys that are able to bury the puck when mcdavid is just feeding you this lightning quick pass where he might not even be making eye contact with you. You don't know it's coming. You just have to be ready. And Hyman yeah. was ready. Again, we we talked about uh, players that were driving this team when McDavid and Drysaddle were up. Hyman has been 
incredible in the last little while. I mean, the, the goals have been coming, obviously, but his workhorse determination is still there. It's not the goals aren't coming at the sacrifice of anything else in Hyman's game. When Zach Hyman is finishing, he's a top seven right wing in the NHL. Like he is an elite player. He's one of the best free agent signings in NHL history. He's something like 150 points in like 170 games with the Edmonton Oilers, which is bonkers. Because I like honestly, like I was like, oh, okay, cool. They signed Hyman, whatever. You're gonna have me an overpay. I thought he was like Blake Coleman 2.0, <laughs> kind of whatever. He have you know his 45 points, hopefully 20 goals, 20 assists, and what an elite player he's just come in developed and gotten better every single year so much fun to watch one of my favorite players on the Oilers obviously but you know this is kind of where you started to see the Ducks frustration take hold uh who is it Ryan Strom Ryan Mm -hmm. Strom takes his first tripping penalty and the Oilers end up going into the second period on the power play they don't score but they, the, the power, I thought the power play looked good there. CC ends up coming back from getting the puck in the face earlier on in the game at that point. The the only thing about that power play that was that irked me a little bit was it was very late, right? But they had chance maybe for one more push. Mm-hmm. And Bouchard was so lackadaisical. He was just like his back is turned. He's not even looking up ice and he's just skating back slowly playing around with the puck a little bit. And I don't know who it was on the Ducks, but he he like pushed the puck off of Bouchard's stick. And I was so angry about that. Yeah, but yeah. I saw it. It was on the power play. Oh, yeah. It was on the I, power I play. About. And they almost, like, if the Ducks player was probably a little quicker, had a little bit more finesse, they probably would have ended up with a breakaway. And thank God for the recovery. Because I think a forward came in too to help recover. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was Brett Kulak off the bench. I can't remember exactly what happened, but... But nevertheless, not Bruchard's brightest moment. But again, that you gotta expect that with him. It's not <laughs> like I don't know. I still love him. I still think he's the best defenseman on the Oilers. I think oh, yeah. No when, he, when you're in a game and you're already up four two or five two, you're on the power play at that point. He's the type of player that's gonna be lackadaisical. Is like okay, we're up, we're winning. I can take my time. I can do whatever. It, I I. If it's a three-three game in the game five of the playoffs, I don't think Bouchard makes that play. Um, obviously, but you know, knock but on wood, at least it's four-two, and your power play. You know, it, it was cold coming into this year. It's recently starting to click after the Washington game. So I don't know. Maybe just hammer a few more power play goals home. It'd be it'd be nice to rebuild that power play to one of these totally. legend statuses. Well, the power play looked good tonight. Like, I mean, it says two for six, but how many of those were garbage time penalties for the Ducks, right? When they took like four in the third period in the last 10 minutes and the Ducks kept setting out the second unit and the second unit ended up scoring. But when the Oilers power play was going, like, man, were they going. That like, like, I I know I don't want to skip over the James Hamlin goal because it was awesome. Vincent DeHarnay gets his first assist and like, Obviously, when that fourth line is like Hamblin is a re- can be a really effective fourth line center for this team, something they haven't had in a long time. A right shot fourth line center. I don't know what his face off percentage is, but if he could be a you know 53 54% guy, I think he's got a spot in the lineup for a long time. He was four for uh, nope, he was four for eight, yeah, so 50%, okay, 50% on the face off dot. That's uh, not bad, like yeah. that's good enough, but you know what, James Hamblin on that goal was also just an amazing story because that's the type of goal where he takes the shot, it's blocked, and he gets his own rebound, kind of like half falling to the ice. 
that's a sort of like gritty style of play that I love too. And, you know, I, I, I've said it in the past. Derek Ryan is one of my favorite players, but tonight was not a great night for him. Hamblin, he's picking up a little bit of that mantra. Like Hamblin is is starting to become like a real workhorse. He does throw the body around a little bit, gets it back in return. That's great stuff for me, though. Yeah, as a fourth line center, if you're on the ice for two high danger chances, four, zero against, you outshoot the opposition four to three. Like I'm very, very happy with that night. I'm very, very happy. You know what I, I'm sure you love about that one too? What? That's Adam Ernie's first point. That's how bad <laughs> the Ducks became. That's that. That's when you knew that the Ducks gave up when Adam Ernie got a point. That absolute bum. I don't care how positive I want to be. I'll never be positive about Adam Ernie. It's too hey, far gone. Adam Ernie, one point in 11 games played. Connor Brown, one point in 14 games played checkmate dude <laughs> dennis is starting the narrative dennis don't push that agenda I, I i can't handle that agenda but listen ken holland's two biggest pickups in the summer adam ernie and uh connor brown both had points tonight so you know what maybe holland was playing the long game and we all look like fools for saying holland should be fired so you know what holland won me zero that's all i could say adam ernie got a point uh, on the 5-2 goal against the Anaheim Ducks on the 26th of November in 2023, <laughs> Adam Ernie got his first point as an Edmonton Oiler and made me look like a fool. Dude, I I have to like print you a plaque. That's your that's your Christmas gift this year. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, funny. But we'll, after we'll go with the 6-2 now. Oh, yeah. Again. D- vintage vintage just 97 up the middle dart to hyman hyman goes in and you knew he was scoring before he was when he was at the red line just outstanding zach hyman the finish this year has been unreal goes in makes dostal look like a fool gets dostal pulled it was an oilers domination up until that point oh my god it was so nutty and like this was great as well off of last season's game with the the Ducks came into town with Dostal. Like I remember vividly like, oh, this is this is a rookie goalie. He's making a start in Edmonton. Like this is 100% going to be a loss for Edmonton. And it was right. Like Dostal got the shutout that game. Oh, so, so infuriating. And this time it's his. It's a second time around. Guess what? You're getting shelled for six goals, dude. Dossel's a good goalie, man. Like, I was surprised that he looked so lost this game. And again, the Oilers kind of put the Ducks in a blender. Like, those goals were, as lots of Oilers fans would love to point out whenever Jack Campbell, Stuart Skinner, Calvin Pickard, Lennon go, well, actually, that wasn't his fault because Brett Kulak could have been four feet to the left of the hash marks because fucking Mikey Isiamont was, you know, two feet. Like, they let in shitty goals all the time. The Oilers put them in a blender. Like it was breakaways. It were cross crease pass. No doubt. Or one timer from Hyman on the left side. One timer from dry side on the right side layer in the game. Like, like I understand. Dostal play did not play good by no means. Like that is not a good performance. But like to be fair, the Oilers were dominating at that point. Like they like every, it seemed like everything was going in. It just wasn't his night. Whatever. I know Dostal is like a legitimately good goalie prospect and will be a good goalie for a long time. So obviously those games happen when you have a really young goalie in the NHL. But yeah, Dostal definitely has a lot of work to do. Like this was not a good game by any means. But yeah, obviously right after that, you kind of had the 
the, the Oilers were kind of starting to slow down after that 6-2 goal. They're kind of like, new, okay, we're winning this game. And then Back, but, they were not slowing down because your other boy. Oh, Yanmark. Yanmark, yeah. yeah, uh, dude. He was pumping the legs. <laughs> two the laps. Connor McYanmark shift. And then, of course, nothing comes of it, but. No, you know. it was it was one wraparound, and that was the end of the. Play. It was close. It was close. It was a it was Gibson in there at that point, and Gibson made yeah. a decent stop on the wraparound. But yeah, no, Yanmark looked good. <laughs> like that fourth line looked better. You take Adam Ernie off, you put Sam Gagne. Maybe I don't know on that fourth line, and I get it that he's not the fastest player by any means. But like, I'd like to see Sam Gagne back in the lineup at some point here. Yes, um, please. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I'm so sick of Adam Ernie. I can't, Dylan Holloway can't get healthy soon enough. Oh, um, yeah, that's the dream. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm a little lost as to why Gagne is not playing. Like, I don't get it a, either. Unless there's something with him, like Gagne is just not feeling great. It's like Does one of those sore things. Noblaw just not like him. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. We know. were, we were gonna hire his dad to be the next GM. I don't know, man. Yeah, literally. I don't know what happened. Yeah, Dave Gagne comes in here, then all of a sudden maybe Sam Gagne does get some playing time, but as of right now, it doesn't look like it. But yeah, that you the, the, the last thing that kind of happened in the second period, though, was that Radko Gudis ran over Leon Dreisaitl, and then Evander Kane on the ice just starts going after everyone. Pick a guy, he had, what, three hits in that shift, eventually ends up taking a penalty. But you know what? When you're up 6-2 and you're standing up for Leon, no problem with that whatsoever. I kind of love it. And, I kind of love it. And he made the smart choice too, right? Like Kane could have gone and like dropped the gloves with Gudis, but you don't need to. You're up 6-2. He could have dropped the gloves with anyone. He could have just absolutely been a menace trying to start a fight, but you don't need to. You're one of the hottest players on this team right now. You don't need to take yourself off the ice for five minutes. No, absolutely not. Um. Anyways, yeah, we go to the third. Uh, the Ducks just started taking a bunch of penalties out of frustration. They were hacking and whacking and tripping and, um, you know, kind of is what it is. Ryan Strome definitely took a lot. Not Connor McDavid ran into John Gibson, knocks him <laughs> over. The sportsmanship unmatched. The taps from both parties, uh, you know, what happens there. But they when the Oilers get back on the power play. Dude, I was surprised. Hold on. Like the, the, oh, okay. the skating backwards into Gibson. I was surprised that there's no bad blood there because, you know, 2017. I was well, surprised. Was Gibson in net? Yeah, Gibson. Well, I, oh, yeah, Gibson. I, I completely. It was Gibson in net for 2017. I was think it? so. Yeah. Huh. Like, well, I, I'm so surprised that there's, okay. there's no like animosity between them. But like the you said, team it was... North America teammates, man. Ah, uh, I, I guess. Like, I don't know. I think it's also when Connor McDavid runs into you is a lot different than Adam Ernie running into you. If it's Adam Ernie, I expect Radko Gudis to go beat the shit out of him. And then I turn <laughs> into a Ducks fan for three minutes. But then... But, <laughs> Gibson, at, I, at first I thought like, ooh, okay, Gib- Gibson's taking a little bit of exception here. He like wrapped his arms around connor's waist right he i thought he was gonna do a little bit of like a a, a suplex <laughs> off to it, the it, side it, it looked like a wrestler move like it was pretty funny it was very weird but i love to see the taps man i love yeah. to see the taps and then but but the oilers do uh there was like that it was like that weird oilers get a penalty four on four ducks get a penalty uh and then they end up negating their own power play but I, I don't even know what happened there long story short they well, always end up with a power play somehow we 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 missed one because the there there was there were so there were so so many. many but like the the one that Fogel drew 
was really good. Like Fogel yes. was was Fogel skating hard, hard. in the offensive yeah. zone, draws a really good penalty. Then it was Connor McDavid getting tripped, I believe, was the next penalty. Yes, yeah, um, that one. Uh, again, like just a little bit of pressure, a little off the cycle, and then yeah, well, yeah, I mean that was just McDavid flying in the offensive zone, and it wasn't like he kind of got his skates tapped, but he fell over and he was moving really fast. Uh, he deserves to get that call more honestly, so I'm not complaining about that. And then in between there, there was a darn on their slash, I believe, on Mason Cavish, I want to say, or Alex. Uh, I think it was Sam Carrick. Sam but Carrick. it it was also weird because it wasn't really like a a, a slash. I thought it was more of like a like a trip or something I, I remember it was weird it was a weird sequence yeah i remember looking at it going like oh okay so yeah he's gonna get blank call and then it showed up on screen as a slash and i had to like oh well i'm gonna wipe this out and write yeah it. yeah Bro, it was uh, again. <laughs> we, we just got producer rob in our ears uh <laughs> this is the weird thing right like there were uh, just a, a, a bunch of off penalties at this point in time. It was it was a lot of frustration, a lot of frustration from the Ducks. Anaheim was taking genuine frustration penalties, but Edmonton's were kind of just like, yeah, we'll we'll give them one because we we kind of called two on the Ducks recently. Well, that's that's what it felt like with the nurse. It felt like they were looking for it to even it up because they're like, okay, they was up six two. I don't want them back on the power. Because at this at the yeah. for the because for the next goal, right when they're up six two, this is kind of why I think they started giving the Thoros calls because you know they put them out on the power play. The top unit does go out there, and uh, uh, we've said vintage. We use it loosely throughout the night. But it does not get more vintage. It does not get more pretty. It does not get more spectacular than 97 cross ice 29 one-timer back of the net. It does not get more perfect. How many times this year did Leon miss the net? How many times this year did Leon hit the post? How many times this year did Leon get robbed by another goalie? And now it's going in. How many times did Leon just whiff, right? Like McDavid's pass was off the mark or he just mistimes it? This was so incredibly vintage. And it wasn't even a like McDavid in the middle of the slot kind of pass. It was McDavid from the other side, right? Like it was a full pass through probably like two or three. It went through the yeah, went through all of the Ducks penalty killers, every single one. And and, in so many times this year, and McDavid goes to make the pass onto a stick, onto a stick, off the mark, onto a stick, right? And to see the passes he was making tonight, right? Again, what was it? Four assists tonight, four assists against Washington, like. Man, I'm, if I was if, uh, Nikita Kucherov, should be trembling right now with his thirty-five <laughs> points in fifteen or sixteen games or whatever it is. I'd Dude, be if, trembling if McDavid pulls off this pace. Like we were, everyone was saying, okay, McDavid one fifty. How is he going to top this? And then this whole thing happened. It's like, oh, McDavid might not even get a hundred. Mm-hmm. Dude, McDavid's getting a hundred. If you oh. look at the way that he's producing now. If he's once he's healthy, what is McDavid gonna look like? Like six point nights? Uh, yeah, exactly. I love the way the Ducks uh or McInator put it in chat. He said the Ducks collapse to the right side and they forgot about dry. And that and that's when the Oilers power play is working its best. When they forget about dry. When McDavid is flying, they overcommit to McDavid, like we saw in the Seattle game on Adam with Adam Larson. He overcommits to McDavid, they forget about what you know, that's when it was Kane. But like a vintage, when we're speaking in just generalities, it's they always forget about dry and he always soars. He always makes them regret it. This was vintage. It's so nice to see. Uh, it's so the relief. 
that I get from watching that goal is unparalleled. Fantastic. What a play. Like that third period after that point, though, was, you know. Well, and, and after that, every penalty that happened afterwards was second unit power play time. Yeah. It's great because you know what? McLeod could always use more minutes. I just wish he shot the puck a little I, bit more. I know. He's like, he's he's almost starting to frustrate me uh, in terms of his, obviously, because he has like what people are putting up where the stat was circulating around Twitter is like one goal in his last like 40 something games going back to last year or whatever. Like, you know what? I, 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 I had high offensive expectations for Ryan McLeod in my head. I thought he's, his ceiling was, almost like an Anthony Sorelli type player in Tampa, like really good defensively, but could contribute 50 points, like relied on for that, uh, those amount of points. And you see it in the speed, you see it in the finesse, you see it. He just has no finish. It's like around the net. He just forgets how to play hockey. But I, I just want to make this point. I just want to say that with Ryan McLeod, I'm, I'm shifting my expectations slightly because we saw how effective he was in limited minutes, matchup against Jack Eichel, against Vegas. If Ryan McLeod comes out and only is a 10 or 20 point player, but he is a one of the most reliable shutdown, because with his speed and his the way he uses his stick, he could be a really reliable, effective shutdown center. And if that's his ceiling, I'm very happy with that. That's true. And here's the uh, if he took after McDavid, right? Like he's, he has the speed, maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't quite have the hands, then he could still like become a, an offensively contributing player. I think he's maybe taken after Nugent Hopkins instead. You know, he's just felt like he wants to develop his defensive game more. And in that instance, you know what? That's fine, too. Like, you could always use two-way centers. Well, yeah, and and he's on the kill tonight. Anaheim 0 for 3 on the power play. I believe Washington, obviously, they were shut out. They didn't get a power play goal in Washington. Um, So, like, the penalty kill has been cooking the last three games. Uh, It's great to see Ryan McLeod is a key member of the penalty kill. I like seeing Warren Fogel out on the penalty kill. He wasn't really utilized that much under Woodcroft on the penalty kill. And it's really good seeing him as a reliable member of the penalty kill. And the penalty kill has been really good. How many times can I say penalty kill in a sentence? We'll find out. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, that's another thing. There was so much issue with the special teams. And it's it's the Ducks. It's the Ducks minus Zegris and Drysdale, right? But at the same time, just having better penalty kill numbers is a booster. If you just get to look at the number and you just feel the experience of, hey, you know what? We've been doing pretty well in the last little bit. That goes a long way as well. Uh, I thought Fogel had a really good chance. You talked about him on the uh, on the penalty kill. I, I thought he had a yeah. really good chance on the second unit power play. Absolutely. Fogel was awesome. He came inches away from hitting the net. He would have had the eighth goal there. And, you know, Fogel didn't get it, but you know, the second power play ends up back out with like four minutes left again. And Nurse came and Ekholm were passing the puck around. They were snapping it around. I remember Kane could not make a pass to save his life earlier this season. Snapping it around. Finally, Matias Ekholm, puck don't lie, gets redemption for the no goal earlier in the game. And the second unit scores, and it's 8-2 now. You hate to see it. I'm sure every single person has made that joke already, but you know <laughs> what? The game was over. A lot of late garbage power play time for the second unit, but great to see them actually get on the board. And that you could feel the vitriol in it too. Like he ripped that puck home. Oh yeah. Like, I <laughs> I love talking about this because my, my girlfriend doesn't watch a lot of hockey, but she found it so amusing when McLeod did the little like hop just to get out of the way of the, of the shot. And I'm like, yeah, if that puck hit him in the shin, 
oh man, that stings so so bad. Like, oh yeah, you could see Ekholm just absolutely want to hammer that one, and I love it. Here's the here's the thing. Like, I love seeing the sallies, especially from defensemen, because defensemen usually don't get a whole like Ekholm don't get a lot of chances to celebrate goals. But it's an eight two game. I get it. He just had to kind of put his stick away and go, all right, we'll we'll skate back to the bench. Like, yeah. I would have loved to see a little Sally from at home. Oh, well. Absolutely. Um, it, it was great. But you know what? It was all, all up together. Like, this is what a, a two back-to-back fantastic efforts from the Edmonton Oilers. We're rolling in here to Vegas. And before we jump into the press conference here, if they, I know that it's not, again, Oilers win. So, they're uh, <laughs> you know, 70% of our audience is like, so I'll just cry. So, they're, th- those people, the Canucks fans aren't here tonight. So y'all, y'all are the real ones. If you're in this, if you're in this game on a, like a Sunday night, it's 1030 in, in oil country, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I know we are a little low on likes. I, I know you guys, some of you hate hearing us talk about it, but it really does help us grow. Oh, yeah. It helps the show grow. The algorithm loves it. Please consider hitting the like button. If you like the show, if you're listening afterwards on Spotify, maybe maybe make a little detour. Come back yeah. to the YouTube, hit that like button. Absolutely. They couldn't have said it better myself. But yeah, we're jumped up to 53 people watching. <laughs> so hit that like button. But Dennis, Dennis, oh, and we do have still have some Canucks fans in the chat. Well, you know what? You're a good Canucks fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a good Oilers fan, though. If the, if the Canucks lose, I'm sure I'll be writing <laughs> Game Over Vancouver chat, trolling Clay or Sam or Kaya, because I am... I don't preach practice what I preach. I definitely don't. Well, the great part about that, Zach, is now with the head to head game overs, you're going to get to you're going to get to talk talk to them right on camera. Well, <laughs> I was I was I mean, yeah, I had such a I had so many trolling opportunities when I was on with Kai and the Oilers <laughs> lost eight to one. Like, yeah, you know, that those that, I haven't had a good experience on those. I think I, they've lost every single one this year that I've been a part of. So, yeah, not looking forward to those unless, you know, they're back. And then in, in that case, if I'm the other host, I'd be trembling right now because um, you're going to get watch McDavid and Jess, I'll dice up your team. But uh, just kind of before we jump into the press conference, if anyone has any questions, you know, send them in chat. Dennis and I will get them to them in a bit. But just to jump in, uh, talk about Vegas. Uh, I really want to know what your thoughts are on this because – Vegas has been losing. Vegas is like three and four, three, four and one in the last however many games or something. I believe this is off the top of my head, so it might be a little bit off on that record. They definitely have a losing record, though. The Oilers lost to Vegas in game six, famously last year. The Oilers lost Petrangelo, chopped Drysidle's wrist. Mm-hmm. Kane was a menace. They hated Evander Kane. Uh, Kane hated them. How much do you think do we see a carryover from last year's playoffs in their first meeting? Because I remember that was a big part of the strategy. You make Petrangelo pay next year. You don't make him pay for the chop that happened in game five or whatever it was, game four. It, it's so hard. Like, if Edmonton and Vegas was still contending for, like, that one-two spot, it would be, a, I think, a different story. But right now, given where Vegas is, first in the Pacific and where Edmonton is, I think the Edmonton Oilers have to just stick to what they're doing right now. Don't get into your opponent's metagaming. Just keep rolling. If You know what? If Vegas starts bringing it to you, that's fine because you saw in this game, 
Kane took exception. They they don't really have anything against the Anaheim Ducks, but if you hit Dreisaitl, Kane, he's going to start beefing. He's going to start running some guys. If Vegas starts taking it to you, but right now the Oilers are so perilous. Their position is just so shaky that I think it's more important, and I, I think this is what Nabla is going to say, to just play your game. Don't think too much about who's on the other side of the ice. I, I, and I, I agree, and I could see Noble saying that, but I could also see that message kind of running a bit thin because Chris Noble wasn't there during that playoff <laughs> series, right? So it's do, it's. Do you call up if you're if you're Noble, Do you call up Woodcroft just for this game? Just like, hey, be on the video screen, give him a little Zoom call pregame. I call Woodcroft up and keep him back up. Like, <laughs> I, I, whatever. But that's a whole other conversation. But I, I I'm really interested to see. Obviously, I, I. They can't keep starting Skinner the way that they are. Like Pickard's had one start since he's been here. Like Skinner's pretty much started every game since Campbell's been sent down. They we we're not having a Cam Talbot seventy two starts in eighty two games type thing. There has some domino has to fall. And if your suggest your solution is waiting for Jack Campbell to find his game, which I don't understand. Find his game. What does that mean? He's never had a game to be found. <laughs> like, has he ever come in here? Have you like, there has never been one point in his entire tenure. Oh, thank God. Campbell's in the net. We're good. He's literally sucked from start of the contract till this very day. There is not, he has not had one cons- two consistent starts back to back just because he shut out the Stockton heat, the Coachella Valley fire. I don't care who or what, or however, I don't care if Wayne Gretzky was playing in the HL. I do not give him another start. Like you need to get a goalie. We saw how shaky Skinner was. And it's Anaheim, even though Vegas is their offense is slightly dried up. I believe they were shut out by Anaheim. Uh, MGD corrects me. And they, and they Vegas actually four five and one in the last 10. So definitely a slower, slower pace, but again, their offense has dried up, but like, Skinner plays like this tonight. Vegas is up four nothing in the first period, right? And it's a completely different game. Their defense is better than Anaheim. Their goaltending is better than Anaheim, and their finishers are better than Anaheim. So you can't make those mistakes. We got to see a really good performance of Stuart Skinner. The defense needs to play even better than they did tonight, and the offense needs to finish on their opportunities just like they did tonight. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a big one, and I, I think the guys will wake up ready for this one. The the other thing that's a bonus too, Vegas is going to be coming in from Calgary. And I mean, True. Calgary has had their fair share of struggles, but they're they've been better. They're they've up. been better. And if they bring it to the Vegas Golden Knights, you know what? That could be great for Edmonton on the second of a back-to-back. Um, yeah. it, I think we've already answered the questions that we got in chat with your little rant, which is fantastic um guys we got an ernie rant and a campbell rant from zach on a night that we won and campbell wasn't even on the team (laughs) he's literally not on the roster but yeah no hearing oh we're just hoping oh the best case scenario is he uh is he he finds his game in the hl you know the best case scenario is i walk outside my house there's lamborghini keys on my front doorstep but you know what those things very (laughs) unlikely to happen probably about as likely uh scenarios to play out so yeah he's sitting there and hoping that campbell's gonna get better is the absolute laziest from the highest paid gm <laughs> the fucking dumbasses in in management i can't i even though they won and it's great uh seeing the last the stuff from freed in the last 24 to 48 hours about how they're hoping they're praying they're sitting back we're not gonna make a dumb trade you fucking idiots put yourself in this situation like you had the opportunity to get a better goal 
And and we're seeing this. You you your team needs to score eight goals a night to have any chance. You have need to have McDavid have nine points in two games to be seen as a good team again. It like you you suck. You suck at your job. I'm starting a petition after check follow me on Twitter uh, at zwheel97. I'm putting out a Twitter uh, a petition to get Ken Holland out of the Hockey Hall of Fame because. How do you get in there? And you're <laughs> like, uh, he should be removed. Put him in the vacuum cleaner salesman hall of fame because that's what he is. He's a vacuum cleaner salesman who somehow lucked into a job in hockey. Great goalie. Great goalie in 1982. Honestly, you know what? He sucked at goalie. He can't evaluate goalie. I think he played like one or two games in the NHL. He talked about it. He let in like eight goals and he saw Jack Campbell. Like, oh, I see a lot of myself in that guy. That guy's a big battler. He thought he was a battler. I don't know. I don't know. Drives me nuts. Get a fucking goalie. I don't care if they went 10 in a row and they shut out every team. I will, uh, you, you can't go in the playoffs like this or into the playoffs. Win more. We'll talk about playoffs after. I'm excited, <laughs> obviously. Whatever. Okay. But, <laughs> with um, that, we'll, we'll start wrapping up the show. Uh, remember, this was an Oilers win tonight yeah. against Anaheim, but uh, we've already gotten the We've gotten the Fire Holland uh, petition was... going. We've gotten the uh, Campbell slander, and we've gotten the uh, <laughs> Ernie hit list. So that's that's the trio. We're gonna start wrapping it up tonight. Next game is Tuesday when the Vegas Golden Knights come to town. It's seven p.m. puck drop. Zach and I will be back, and you know what? Sounds like whether we win or we lose, we're going to be fired up. So oh, yeah. be here. Uh, Zach, where can they find you? You find me at zero ninety seven on Twitter. I'm sure the Elliot Freeman will put out a 32 thoughts. I'll listen to it. There'll be stuff on the others and I will be mad because they, they, whatever comes out of that management camp is just the wrong decision. If Ken Owen tells you to go left, you go right. Absolutely. You do not listen to that man. Anyways, Dennis, where can oh, they find man. yourself? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dennis Lee Y-E-G. Um, that's it for us tonight. Yeah, <laughs> Thank let's... you so much for being here. Um, Zach, hit, any final thoughts? Hit like, hit subscribe, and let's play La Bamba, baby. Finally. Play La Bamba, baby. Let's